Welcome to Book in a Pint. In this episode, Michael and I are joined by Abigail Linthart, author of Season of the Runer, to talk about memes, good reasons to cancel class, and the important things. What's your favorite gas station cocktail? Pint with me, Michael Evan. And me, James Jenkins. So we tried to do this last week. We did. Uh, so people that actually follow us will notice that we have a week gap between releases after we came back from our year-end break. And that's because I have shitty internet. So we had to take a little uh, extra week to get things sorted out. And everybody that has listened or followed the show for the last little while knows that shitty internet while podcasting is my biggest fucking nightmare yeah i mean the last time it happened was because you were recording on your phone in, in your the car, car in your driveway yeah, which makes I was, sense i was getting a cross signal between my wi-fi and my um, <laughs> and my cellular yeah i am literally sitting like 10 feet away from a signal booster and it still wasn't working so well it's so far so good yeah. Um, unfortunately, we, we uh, have to reschedule our guest from last week, Jade Austin, uh, yeah, which is too bad because she's she's really awesome. And I, I actually read like a lot of her book and it was really good. Mm. Um, but uh, we have another awesome guest today, Abigail Linhart, um, yeah. who uh, I just found out has about 19 books out. I knew she had a couple. Um, yeah, 18 distinct works, apparently. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So we'll uh, talk to her and, and ask her some stupid questions and stuff like that. Um, so what's been new with you? It's been uh, it seems like it's been a while. Since you've done this. Um, well, I think since the last time we spoke, I have released a book. I finally uh, released Unraveled, the sequel to Knit Pearl Slip. So that's out there. If people want it. Nice. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, I've been spending the rest of my time. I'm currently working on outlining uh, as many books as I can before the end of January. And then I'm just going to head down and oops, sorry, I'm going to write a bunch of shit. Once I'm finished outlining, I'm hoping to just fit, not release, but finish a lot of books this year. So oh, that's awesome. Cause then I'll get to read them. Yeah. Yeah, you will. Which is really so. cool. Um, yeah, so you're uh, working on uh, prolificacy as a New Year's resolution. Yeah, it's more my resolution this year is to get back to where I was like three or four years ago, where I was actually able to write full time. Right. I just want to be able to support myself with the writing instead of just relying on a day job. So that's the goal yeah. this year to at least get to a place where I'm closer to that. Well, it's a good goal. Like I'm, I'm like really stoked. I haven't read new stuff of yours that's like actually ready to come out like yeah. i've been i've been waiting on the on the um broken redemption stuff for such a long time um so i'm looking yeah. forward to more of that definitely yeah me too um like that's what i'm outlining right now i just redid the uh, third book uh, orcs the southern front just kind of re-outlined it went in a totally new direction i wasn't expecting while i was working on the outline and i'm really excited to like write it now so. Nice. And you've got some cool cover ideas that uh, yeah. I'm working on that I've never, I've 
these covers are, are really, really unique. Like, it, I've never seen anything like them before. So it's kind of like you had your old covers, but then you had, they were underneath this really yeah. large font. I, I woke up at like two in the morning with like, oh, I have an idea. And the next day I like pitched it to my partner and she's really good at graphic design. And I just like tried to like stumble my way through my explanation of what I wanted. Five minutes later, she was like, here you go, is this what you wanted? It's like, holy shit, it looks even better than I thought it would. Yeah, they look really, like, there's, I've never seen anything really like that before, so I think they'll, they'll really stand out. I was, first thing I was thinking is, if you had, like, seven books like that. Yeah. Like, they would all look so fucking cool right next to each other. It's hard to describe it. It's like, he's got this, for people that are listening, the image of, like, the characters from his old covers, like, from the books. Um, and then these, it's almost like a stained glass window of giant writing with the, with his name and the, the titles, of the books where you can see like a window, the image through the writing. It was really cool. Um, yeah, so I'm yeah, sure it exists somewhere because I know I didn't come up with that by myself, but I think it'll, I think we talked about it before. I'm kind of working on a rebrand. So we're kind of trying to figure out a way to do that and then tie in the Jack books as well with a similar cover design so right well yeah i mean i think that that's like with all of reads and my stuff like even though each series kind of has a slightly different we have three series all one one big story kind of but they all sort of look the same like our our names always look the same the yeah used on the fonts always look the same and we always I, have something in the middle yeah i can recognize uh uh mike 11 and jmd read book like, yeah, they, like they all you have pretty good branding as far as that goes yeah, we're 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 working on it. Um, the newest one. Okay, so um, not to, to cut you off. So you. No, 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 no. Uh, it's your turn. I talked a lot. Okay, so um, we finished our complete twelve book series, which I had said was going to be the absolute end mm -hmm. of this of this world because you know we needed to move on, and I mainly because I had an ending, and it was in my opinion kind of a perfect ending for sure. where I wanted everything to go. And um, we finished that. We did a little rebranding. My um, my new uh, cover designer slash graphic designer said that our last book, The Captain, looked like it didn't belong with a portrait of Dirk. And here comes Steve, because the names Dirk and uh, Steve yeah. were were really really prominent. So that he, actually he makes said, sense. Okay. Does does the Captain have a name? I said, Yeah, his name's Jamie. So we changed it to Jamie the Captain, and. Now they look okay. really, really fucking cool together. Um, so we got to the end. Actually, today I finally got the formatted, fully formatted, multi-draft. I don't know. I probably did five drafts on these books, uh, four rounds of editing. Uh, you know, that the type of editing where you think you've got it, then all of a sudden you go and read it for pleasure, and then you see stupid shit that you never would have gotten the first time. Yeah. Um, so I did another round of that. Now I think they're all pretty much perfect. Uh, for arcs, just for, at least for arcs, I'll do one more final proof before they these books um, uh, go live, which won't sure. be until the summer because I've got another series, Max and the Captain, that has to go live first. Um, right. And uh, so those are finished. And as I finished and was really happy with the ending, it was like I had a crazy book hangover where I was literally like feeling shitty, <laughs> like do I really want to stop writing with these characters just because I said I did? Has that ever happened to you before? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Like, uh, 
if that happened pretty recently to me, I finished it's not a full outline, but it's the skeleton of my Jack series. Right. And I came up with the theme for the last book. And yeah, there was about a month there where I was like, fuck, am I really going to just be done with Jack? Like, yeah. is that actually going to happen? So. Yeah, that, that's the way I felt about the captain at the end of the series. I was like, really? That's it. So anyway, it was like two days. And then I came up with an idea to add one more book to the series. Um, so I've always Amber, wanted, to, right? Yeah, well, I've always wanted to write a, a book. First of all, a more serious book um, from a, a first-person female perspective. Okay. I've, I've always wanted. To, I've wanted to do that for a while. I've wanted to challenge myself because I have said in a lot of when people ask me questions and a lot of interviews, I I tend to uh, write almost narcissistically from my own viewpoint. Like, sure. you know, um, eat us. And I'll take it to another level because I actually put myself in the books as a character. But on top of that, the MCs are basically versions of me. Um, so I really wanted to. Amber was a character that uh, I wrote that had a backstory that was really only explored in uh, Max and the Captain book one in one scene. Um, she spends yeah. a lot of the time basically either out of existence, which is not really a spoiler because it happens. Sure. Um, or off screen because she's not there while things are happening. Okay. She does have a really, really cool uh, arc in the final book. And, but a lot of getting to that point is off screen. So I said to myself, wouldn't it be cool to have Amber narrate all the off screen stuff, including the stuff that she experienced being out of existence. Okay. Huh. And that is uh, reflections of Amber, which will be the fourth and, you know, and definitely final book of this quadrilogy or, or you know, if you call it that four book series. Yeah. Um, I don't know what will happen after that. There's there's a reason why this book has to be written first person from Amber's perspective and mm -hmm. not and not sit in the narrative of the rest of the story. Um, Jamie, the captain book three really is the end of the story. But this story with Amber is like a parallel story being told okay. about stuff that happened in the past and stuff that led up to where the story ends. So it's more of like a, a companion volume. It is. Um, it'll make a lot of people that have read the other books very happy. There is a couple of scenes that are going to take place slightly after the final book. Um, okay. But that's that's basically like throwing in cameos for you know, readers that have been there from the very beginning to kind sure. of get to, to have one more chance to hang out with these characters. Okay. Uh, the majority of it will be um, very much taking place. Um, and it's not going to be a funny book um, because she doesn't have a funny backstory. Okay. She has a tragic backstory. So I want to sort of weigh in on uh, all the things that made her the person that she was and made her capable of being uh, who she becomes at the end of the story. Okay. So, yeah, that was uh, that was the new new writing thing for me. Um, and I got a cool cover quote. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, Jamie McFarlane, who is a uh, an amazing. Uh, well, he writes urban fantasy, sci-fi, um, game lit. But anyway, he read Max book one, and he really enjoyed it, and offered me a cover quote and he's like a, a an amazingly like mega bestseller so 
uh, I'm hoping that that uh, will also drum up a little bit of interest in Max the Captain when we launch it in March. Yeah, good cover quotes. Uh, definitely helps. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, so that's it for me with writing. I mean, it's been a, a, a weird time. My kids have been uh, home, even though they did actually start schools again uh, here. We kept them home online because uh, my father-in-law's really not doing well. Um, so it's been kind of, I don't want to get too too morbid, but it's been, yeah, it's yeah. been a little bit of a, of a uh, challenging time uh, in that respect. Um, just so that we can see him, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that, the whole thing about getting, uh, like, we have like 10,000, over 10,000 cases a day. And that whole thing about getting 25 to 30 kids in one room eating lunch without masks. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, but they, you, we, you can't go to movies here. You can't go to restaurants, even at half capacity. Um, grocery stores are at like quarter capacity, but they've got like 30 kids in one room, you know, no masks eating lunch. It's like wearing a t-shirt that says, come on, COVID, come and get me. Dude, so I'm going to take this, uh, Make this a little more morbid. While you were talking, I just got a text. An old friend of mine just died today. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Like, I just got the text literally two seconds ago. I'm asking to see if it was uh, COVID or not. He was, like, in his 60s, so it could have been. But Yeah, no, it's... uh, Damn. It's been a rough time. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, me too. He was uh, in a couple published books. I... I did all his formatting and cover design for him for a lot of them. So, oh, shit. All right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Apparently COVID. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it's like, uh, in, in my preface to Jamie, the captain, I wrote this whole kind of just, I guess, an outline of why I wrote the two books previous. Here comes Steve and Portrait of Dirk. Um, and what I was going through and what was going through, going on in my life while I wrote them. And one of the lines was, um, who needs science fiction when we're living it right now? And yeah, and I kind of feel that way. We're living a cyberpunk novel, man. Um, so who knows? Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, and uh, I mean, I, not to not to um, sort of downplay anything, but uh, I do have uh some fan mail that might lighten the air just a little bit yeah let's get my mind off of my dead friend let's do it (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know this might make you feel a little bit better um but uh i think i think we know this guy okay yeah but i know who you're talking about okay so uh it goes like this actually it's just addressed to me which is weird hey michael so this is uh, he wrote. He actually this was for um, for last week's show. Um, okay, yeah. I saved, I saved it for today. We didn't. We didn't. Uh, I think people are are getting annoyed because we didn't do a show last week, so um, sure. they're not sending in letters. So we're gonna have to change that. Um, but this one says, "Hey, Michael, I hear it snowed in Toronto today. All I could think about was you having to shovel snow and how you'd likely spend another whole show talking about your stupid back pain. Also, how's the diet?" I bet you caved after two days and ordered egg rolls. I just wanted to let you know that you and your Hawaiian pizza-loving co-hosts suck. You suck ass, Clint. Oh, man, Clint, I missed you. 
<laughs> so to answer, so to answer your question, um, shockingly, because we had last week, there was a day we literally had almost three feet of snow. Yeah. Like, I'm not even kidding. And the snow plows on my street, if you don't get out there and get the bottom of the driveways, like by five o'clock in the morning, they will plow you in to like four or five feet, like literally at the, I don't know, four feet wide at the end of my driveway, I had snow that was as tall as my nine-year-old daughter. Damn. And it was, it was absolutely insane. And somehow, um, we, I managed to get out of it unscathed and, uh, back painless. That's so, <laughs> all right. I mean, I can bitch about it if you want. Um, but there really wasn't that much to say. Um, as for the diet, three weeks strong, baby. Hey, well done, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've gone down to, uh, well, definitely I'm, I'm, I'm shedding weight fast because I've gone down to like eating probably a quarter to less than a quarter of what I ate for like two, three years. It's good. So, um, and I yeah. walk, I mean, actually the exercise side of it, I, I work out a little bit, but, um, the timing hasn't been great just because of how busy I've been. Yeah, so, sure. If anything, I'll I'll take a, a walk around the neighborhood and like trudge through some high snow. That's a good workout. Something like that. Like I'm always yeah. walking. I, I I take the dog out. I walk. I do whatever. But I, I um, but so yeah, I I did not cave. Uh, no egg rolls. I've written a lot about egg rolls. There's always egg rolls in my books because, um, I love them. The girls but are. I have not. Eaten, but but sadly, I've not eaten any. Or happily for, uh my longevity um other than that um really not much new to report i haven't seen much have you seen anything oh man um the only movie i've watched in the last month uh was in kanto oh i watched that tonight actually i watched it tonight for the seventh time Oh yeah, and you have kids. I I guarantee you watch the the first time I watched it, I was sort of tricked into it. My fiance was in bed, and I just like was lying next to her for a little bit, and she just kind of looked at me and pushed play, and I didn't have the willpower to leave the room. Uh, and then the songs made me cry, <laughs> so I haven't watched it again. But but yeah, that's like, it. it. I, I've been I've literally been you, really you got all you got all like a little choked up. Yeah, no, it, it's. Like the the song Pressure, Surface Pressure? Yeah. Holy shit, that one hit home. Yeah, see, I love that song. My kids, first of all, they're they're at that age where they're they're singing all the songs and they know yeah, every single word. So like my my seven year old and my nine year old, like literally they do the we don't talk about Bruno song and they word for word know it. Um Yeah. That's from a from from a, as a music lover, um that's a really amazing composition. Yeah. Um and for me, because I have also shed tears watching it, um, <laughs> it wasn't surface pressure that got me. It was um, the, the two categories. The, it was the last song, that whole last song. All of you. Uh, I think that's where it's called, where Bruno comes back. And yeah. No. Yeah. Not, yeah. Uh, that it's one been out me. long enough. I can say that. We're, yeah. No, we're, every, if anyone hasn't seen it at this point, I don't know yeah. what's going on. So yeah, that whole thing where the house gets destroyed and they, the town comes and helps them. And yeah, they, when, they, realize, uh, they, they realize they're just like a super, super loving, super codependent, dysfunctional family. Yeah, um, 
was uh, that one hit really close to home. I watched it tonight and I was like lying with my wife and I was especially with what's going on with my father-in-law being yeah. home. He He's home. He was in the hospital for three months and we found out that there's now nothing that they can do and he probably won't be with us much longer. Um, but uh, just it really, really hit home. And the other one that, believe it or not, that hit home was the one that the uh, the sister sings when she's growing the cactuses. What else can I do? That one. Yeah. That whole movie is just about people realizing they have trauma and dealing with it. Yeah. 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 Uh, the part where Antonio gives Maribel the um, the doorknob. Yeah. I lost my shit at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was sitting here like trying to trying to keep it in. Yeah. There's like certain like little triggering moments. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, there's a reason why it's it's um, it didn't do that well in the theaters because COVID made it not yeah. do that well. But it's become, uh, I mean, the Princess Bride was kind of like a like a a phenomenon that happened, even though sales wise it wasn't really yeah um, you know making any hardcore marks. But this will I, I think like um, the music is is Disney's biggest in terms of chart. Yeah, I uh, think uh, we don't talk fast. about Bruno was like number five on the billboard top whatever it's bigger than i heard it was bigger than let it go like the adina Menzel. i don't know if it was bigger but it's the first disney song other than let it go to make it that far up the list it probably will end up bigger though yeah wow so i wasn't expecting at all to have this conversation right now sorry (laughs) Um, but but i'm really no but i i it's it's totally like i wanted to say the same thing like i wanted to say to somebody um, you know, I talk to a lot of dudes and I'm like, have you watched Encanto? And they're like, no, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah I, I it didn't was want super, to, I'm glad I did, but yeah, no, it was super triggering. I, uh, I find the, the other thing that was really beautiful, like a beautiful, um, more nuanced, I guess, was the, the scene where Abuela, uh, you know, has that flashback to what happened to her husband. And yes. There's this yeah. absolutely stunning uh spanish tune playing which is actually uh translated into english uh, on the soundtrack as well yeah Um, and that's a really beautiful scene uh kind of reminded me a little bit of did you see the movie up yes oh yeah that's a yeah that whole flashback was like the opening credits of up you're right well it reminded me of a little bit of the it 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 a little more traumatic but yeah but like a similar kind of like it it was so short but it told such a big oh, story in such a short time. Yeah. Apparently that's the song that uh, gets my fiance. She watched it by herself. I was at work and I just got, uh, she sent me a Snapchat and it was just, her eyes were red and there's just tears streaming down her face. I was like, what, what's wrong? What's going on? She's like, I just watched Encanto. <laughs> and then when I watched it, that song started playing and she was like, the picture I sent you the other day, it was because of this song. Apparently she was watching it. And she started thinking about what she'd do if I ever died. <laughs> she well, that's, just lost it. That's the thing. Like, that's, I mean, like, for me, like, I mean, my wife and I, you know, she, she's my, we've been together 25 years and she's yeah. like my best friend and my soulmate and everything. And like seeing that, it's like, that's like my biggest fear. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, um, yes, uh, anyone listening, you know, if you, are generally somebody that sort of shuns Disney movies or thinks that you've outgrown them or just doesn't really care. Uh, this one is a little bit different. Yeah, it's worth watching for sure. 
it uh, sort of foregoes uh, or leaves behind a lot of the tropes of Disney movies, even modern Disney movies. I actually that, had that the it, thought, it, it reminds me a lot of, um, I don't know if you watch a lot of these, but like a Studio Ghibli movie, in that there's no real antagonist. Yet there are the stories two, just about characters finding yes. their way in a world, you know? Although, and the cool thing about it is that another thing that I, I told my wife when we were watching it is, uh, and I, I tried to have this conversation with my kids too, um, is there are kind of two antagonists. Uh, there's the imaginary antagonist mm-hmm. um, who at the beginning is portrayed as like a really scary kind of creepy character, kind of like a Disney villain. Sure. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there is the real antagonist who is kind of the shocking antagonist who ends up also having a backstory and realize, and, and then you realize that, sh- that she's not really an antagonist either. Yeah. The antagonist is the situation and the, the inter intergenerational trauma, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, really cool. Very good movie. Um, and, uh, cool to know that i'm not the only one shedding tears watching it as a grown yeah. dude the uh, all of you song came on the uh, on my playlist while i was driving home from work the other day and i had to turn it off because i couldn't see the road anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know it was that bad I, it was it's more like uh it's for me it's like i've got my kids in the car and they, yeah like that starts happening they're like no that's mom it, why is daddy crying in all of like fiction and stuff, that's my trigger that gets me to like tear up is that everyone coming together moment. I oh, yeah. called the writers of Rohan moment, you know, where the help arrives and there's that like big swelling of music. And yeah, that's the emotion that gets me every time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then um, <clears throat> tying it in with whatever craziness and, and real life, uh, stuff that's going on just sort of brings that kind of, you know, triggering pull. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, um, know any good knock-knock jokes? Uh, not at the moment. <laughs> I can't think of anything. <laughs> Me neither. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we do have a guest yes. uh, who it's just about time to call. Um, as I mentioned, uh, Abigail Lindhart. Um, she is, uh, an author of 18 books, although the one that she's, uh, really pushing right now is her season of the Runer series. So she's got two books out, um, one of them called, um, Sojourn and one of them called the trial of two. Yes. And they look awesome. Like, I don't yeah. know. I, I haven't read, I haven't read her books yet, but I'm getting a Witcher vibe. Um, yeah, it looks like it's monster hunter stuff. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask her about that. Um, but uh, let's give her a call and ask her some questions. All right, we're back with Abigail Lindhart, uh, author of 18 novels, uh, and specifically, we're going to talk about Season of the Runer um, with uh, the two books out right now. Right, Abigail. Yes. Cool. So tell us about Season of the Runer. I'm looking at these covers. I haven't actually uh, read the books yet. I'm getting a little bit of a Witcher vibe. Um, yeah, definitely. hundred percent. And it actually came around a little bit of an accident. 
uh, the, the Witcher vibe, but my artist definitely did a great job and I love him so much. I sent him the most horrible <laughs> sketches on uh, notebook paper usually. And I'm like, kind of like this. And then this is what he turns them into. So he's uh, he's really good for working with me and getting that look and that feel and uh, branding the series, especially with the second one, since I wanted to go in a different direction. And he advised me uh, in in the um, the layout of, of that second book. And so it came out a lot better than what I had initially envisioned. Well, it looks amazing. How many uh, books are you planning for this series? Um, I, well, I have, sorry, <laughs> I've been calling it the quintet. So there's going to be five. Um, I'm about 36,000 words deep into the third one. So approaching that halfway mark, um, which that's been really good that I've been writing a lot recently, um, more than usual. So five books altogether. And these are not short books either. They're like meaty books, 380 pages, 450 pages. That's awesome. They're chonky. Yeah. The second one is currently about 20,000 words longer than the first. Right. So tell us uh, a little bit about um, Season of the Runer. Pitch it uh, to our community because it's basically your time to talk serious because after that, there will be no serious left in the room. Awesome. Um, so Season of the Runer is a um, a little bit of a sword and sorcery, mostly dark fantasy uh, series about monster hunters. Um, they do have magic a little bit like um, which the witchers, the witcher, um, but they come from these runes and there's a little bit of necromancy involved. Um, and they basically have to take an oath to these runes to atone for crimes that they have done. So there's a little bit of a pact going on uh, there as well. Um, anyone at any age really can, I, I use the, the action verb uh, to be ruined, um, which it's a whole process. There's a, a whole terrible chapter about it in the first book. It's all very violent and gory and there's lots of blood, which I love. Um, and then after that, they use these special weapons to kill monsters. They learn about rituals. Uh, they learn about the runes. They learn about the monsters that they have to fight. And the first book is set in a Middle Eastern fantasy setting. Um, I have a background in uh, Middle Eastern studies and Middle Eastern culture, and I love that so much and feel like we don't get to see that a lot in medieval fantasy. Um Although now I'm strangely seeing it everywhere. It's I don't know if Amazon or Audible or Barnes & Noble has picked up on what I like and the advertising has changed itself. Um, but so it's set uh, in a Middle Eastern fantasy setting. There's djinn, there's demons. Um, I've created a couple different races for it, but it's all very low magic. Uh, not as low as Game of Thrones. And not quite as high magic as Witcher, where they have like sorceresses and stuff like that. Right. That sounds amazing. Um, first of all, I, I don't know why I didn't realize you had 18 books written as well. I know they're not all in the same series. But, oh, and they're uh, not all published either. <laughs> oh, really? So what's the deal there? Um, well, I've been a writer uh, most of my life, like most writers. Um, I'm excruciatingly prolific, and I'm also a ghost writer. Um, so some of those books... Um, are published but are not under my name um, and uh, obviously with the contracts that go along with those you know I can't tell you who or what they are um, but then also I was picked up by a traditional publisher in 2019 and they published four five or six of my books 
Um, but then when they decided to let go of all their individual authors and just focus solely on anthologies, um, I got those books back. And um, producing books on one's own is extremely expensive. Um, so I work really hard. I work a full-time job. I work freelance to try and pay for my books. Um, but I also hold myself to a really high quality uh, and an arduous writing, editing, and publishing uh, procedure. So it takes me a lot longer to put out a book as well. But I, I think it pays off in the quality of the book. Um, so I did have several books out in the public, uh, but then they they got taken away. And I'm slowly but surely um, putting those out again in uh, in sync with putting out the Runer books. Very cool. Sounds awesome. Um, I will uh, get you to tell everybody where they can find you online before we... Uh before you leave the show okay so sure uh so everybody can find you but in the meantime let's get to the the heart of what this show is all about and get to the nonsense questions good we need a little nonsense jake and you got a question sure i'll start um so this is a question i actually like to ask all of our guests because sometimes we get some really uh, uh interesting answers from it um so I don't like the term guilty pleasure, but I'm going to mm. use it here because everyone understands what I'm talking about more when I use that. Uh, but what is that guilty pleasure of yours? That thing that you unabashedly love that maybe other people might judge you for? Uh, with writing or? Anything. Oh, anything. anything. We avoid talking about writing after you pitch. Okay. Writing, so. <laughs> um, hmm, guilty pleasure. Oh, gosh. I don't actually know. How horrible is that? um oh i know um i'm a i I, i'm a i love to drink i'm a big drinker but i am a what i call a gas station drinker in that i will buy stuff like sprite and really cheap vodka and mix it or like and 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 a lot of the times i'll be like so i mixed like this and this and it was so good and everyone's like that's disgusting and really (laughs) trashy and i'm like okay but it was really good and i drank the whole thing so so that would definitely be it. Um, guilty pleasure is uh, making trashy gas station drinks and uh, really enjoying them, despite the criticism of my clearly less cultured drinkers. Well, it is booking a pint. Are you? Do you have a, a trashy gas station? Yeah, drink give us your favorite recipe. Going on right now. Um, actually, right now I just have Blue Moon. <laughs> so why don't you mix us or or? instruct us on how to mix your favorite trashy gas station drink okay so my absolute favorite is and it sounds disgusting but get um uh, uh, soda water i use uh not crystal light but the great value version of crystal light because that's what my gas station has (laughs) um and i will mix that up uh to make it a little fizzy and then i do equal parts that and equal parts vodka usually in a mason jar mason jar wow. makes it yeah it's just easier to you know shake it up and not explode it when you open it oh that's good thinking yeah all you, right, got, all you right. gotta think tactically when, when also the i now i you. now have the title of our episode and is it's it gas trashy, station it's trashy gas station <laughs> <laughs> we should call it uh trashy gas station drinks and grown men crying about Encanto. we did cry about Encanto, yes <laughs> but not on not on the air but we did. We just we just realized we had that in common. Um, yeah, we do an intro before we bring the guest on, and that's mostly what we talked about. <laughs> okay, so this next question is a little bit 
more timely. I stopped asking it for a while because COVID was just like, like, you know, everybody's sick of it already. I mean, everybody is sick of it anyway, but the question was getting a little old, but now the numbers are so high that I figured it was worth bringing it back. Um, Abigail, do you have a dog? I don't, but I mean, I have a family dog. He doesn't live with me, but I have two ferrets. Okay. All right. We can use a ferret. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it won't change the question all that much. But I don't know. I, I don't know. Ferrets are usually best for like if you need to get something out of a cylindrical tube or like if you've got one tennis ball left at the very bottom. Yeah, just shoot them down there. Something, something to get it out. Um, but uh, I will, uh, I will ask this question with a ferret. So if you were out walking your ferret and you came across a spiky coronavirus shaped ferret toy, I have cat toy written down here. <laughs> same thing. Uh, so, same thing. Um, I'm going to give you a multiple choice. Would you pick it up and throw it to the ferret to play fat, scream and run away, or casually move away from it and explain to your ferret the importance of social distancing? Oh, can I like do another? You can. I, I, yeah, you, like a, a choice D? Yeah. Yeah, you can do a choice, D. That's all right. I would punt it and hope it squeaked and flew really far because that would be the, very satisfying. The ferret, the ferret or the, <laughs> or the, the corona thing? The Both. corona thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have punted my ferrets many times. <laughs> so, so there was a point. So I, now I want to get a little into this because there was a point when my wife and I, um, I don't even know if we were married yet. I think we were in college. We met in college. Um and there was a point where I was trying to talk her into getting like a, a ferret or like a weird, I wanted a weird animal, like something, not a weird animal, but something that wasn't common. Like she grew mm-hmm. up with cats. I'm like, no, we got to, I want to get a snake or I want to get a ferret. So what's it like having a, a ferret for a pet? Um, a little bit crazy. Nothing is ever where you leave it. Um, you're always checking the doors to make sure you close them. Um, whenever I move into a new place, I have to check the walls to make sure there's no holes. Nothing is open. There's no crawl spaces. Um, and nothing is loose. Uh, like even, um, uh, what's that little board near the bottom of the floor called? Like the little decorative thing. I know what you're talking about. But yeah, I but I, <laughs> I know there's a word for it, but I can't think of it. I'm all out of words for today. But like if if one of those is like even off a little bit and if a ferret knows it'll open, but then you close it, they will dig and dig and dig. They will one track mind, tunnel vision, trying to get that thing open. For example, I had a carrier, um, a, a soft fabric one, which was a stupid idea for a ferret. Uh, but they managed to dig a hole through the top. Well, so then I had to buy a plastic one, but they didn't understand that they were a new carrier. And to this day, they will dig at the top of that new plastic carrier being like, where the crap is the hole? Crazy. Um, did you give your ferrets human names? Yeah, my, my ferrets have all had <laughs> very uh, adventurous names. So what are the what are the current brew, the current brood of ferrets names? Um, so I had three, uh, but their sister passed away in May from cancer. Um, she oh, was I'm Princess sorry. Phasma. And then I have Giacomo Casanova and Dovahkiin. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's so good. Princess Fa- Princess Phasma, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm guessing that, that the Phasma was from Star Wars. Yes. And the princess. Because she was just the first female ferret I ever got. And it was by accident. So, so she well, was princess. Did, you did name her after, in my opinion, the only really cool character in the new Star Wars series. Agreed. <laughs> so that's points for that. Uh, okay, Jake, did you have another question? Uh, yes. I had retired this one, but Michael's on a diet now. So I'm going to ask again. Um, fruit on pizza. Yes or no? Oh, no. The only fruit on pizza I like is 
Domino's, Thin Crust, Pineapple Pizza. But you will do pineapple if it's done right. Um, yeah, I'm I'm an adventurous eater. Uh, so I'll, I'll pretty much eat anything you put in front of me if you're like, well, it won't kill you. All right. Pangolin? Oh, I'd have a hard time, but I'd want to try it just to see if they taste as good as they right. look. Have you eaten pangolin, Michael? Have I have I eaten a pangolin? Yeah. No, I've never eaten a pangolin before, but I I often mistake one for a pineapple. Oh, oh okay, okay. And, and it's like that that pineapple with the weird little feet. Um, <laughs> that's, that's kind of my... That's just what you call it? You said, you said you'd... Well, my, I, I posted them right around the time that... that uh, well, you know that, that... And it's hard to know for sure, but like around the time that COVID-19 started, people were saying that originally it started just somebody ate a pangolin. And then I, I also heard, uh, you know, sort of an, an argument that it was not a pangolin. It was in fact a bat. I don't know mm. which one is true. Um, but that was actually the first time I actually had ever seen one. Oh, okay. um, first thing I... I I said when I looked at it is why the hell would anyone want to eat that <laughs> and then I realized wait a minute it looks like a pineapple maybe people would want to eat that and maybe they're just getting confused I think they have some sort of like uh mystical they cure something or other you know sure they're, I don't know they're used in home remedies you grind up their bones and snort them and it it cures you of ED <laughs> I don't know. I posted a I posted a meme. I actually created it. I don't know why. It was a, a picture of a pangolin, and it said, "If your pineapple has feet, don't eat." Good advice. And it, thought, and it, advice, it, yeah. I, it was uh, yeah no. Um, but as far as getting back to um, pangolin on pizza, no, that wasn't what we were talking about. Pineapple on pizza. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jenkins and I had this big argument because for a while I wouldn't go near it, and I was actually on that team that said. Um, well, it was actually Canadians that started the whole pineapple on pizza. It was a with. Greek immigrant to Canada, but yeah. Okay. So I was really against it. I said anyone that would put pineapple on pizza is just not getting the right, it's not getting pizza. There's something missing. Um, and then I realized, and this is going to be, so Clint, we've got a, a regular that, that writes us trash mail every time we do a show. Um, nice. Good to have so, a fan. Uh, so he's going he's gonna to be um, tired of this because he, he, he hates us, but he listens to every show anyway mm -hmm. and then writes us about how much we suck. Um, but uh, basically what I realized is it's not pineapple on pizza that I don't like. It's pineapple on pizza with tomato sauce that I don't like. Don't say mayonnaise. No, no, I wouldn't go <laughs> <Okay>. there. What? <laughs> I, that... That grossed me out. <laughs> that, that is that. That's a recipe to go with the uh, with the gas station drinks. I think that'll be that'll be the next time. Hey, it um, all tastes good by the time you get to the bottom of that mason jar. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, no, um, if you put like a barbecue sauce on it, or like an Alfredo sauce, or a creamy garlic base, or even a pesto or something like that um and put pineapple on it i actually think it's really good you don't think that that's just moving farther and farther from what a pizza actually is from what pizza is it becoming like a dessert pizza kind of thing maybe i, I don't think we should be that sacred with what pizza is it's just bread with stuff on it <laughs> like i don't get me wrong i've been to italy i love like the classic like italian like neapolitan pizza but like we're at least i am i'm in america and we just put whatever the hell we want on stuff and it usually makes it better it's true yeah i don't know the best pizza i've ever had and I, it's, it, this might sound a little bit cliche and it's making me hungry oh my god diet is literally die yeah see, that's why i brought it back he's been on a diet <laughs> for three weeks he's been doing three, great it's going on yeah like I'm, I'm down to like probably i i said a quarter but i'm probably down to eating like it's not like i i ate like i would you know like gorge out on on food but i think i'm 
to do this and it's kind of like a cleanse diet as well i'm eating probably like an eighth of of what i was eating for two years of my life so i'm always angry i'm always irritable <laughs> and uh and i cry a lot like when i watch <laughs> movies like in uh-huh. Uh-huh. so that's uh that's what's going on in my life but um chicago pizza like we went to, i went to mm-hmm. chicago once and i had uh pizza at this place called Lou Malnati's. Um, it was like a sausage pizza and it had like a biscuit crust, like a butter biscuit kind of crust. And it was like, oh my God, have you ever had Chicago, like real Chicago deep dish pizza? Um, I have, but it was like mailed in. So it's not like it was uh, fresh or anything. Yeah. I don't know. I, I recommend, I mean, two things, Jenkins, have you ever been to Chicago? No, it's high on my list. It's a, it's yeah. a big food city, so I definitely no, want to visit. No, for sure. Well, the food is everywhere. The breakfast places are amazing. Everything is amazing. Don't ever go if you're if you're eating healthy or if you're dieting. Like, <laughs> yeah. take, that, take that week or that few days and say, this is my cheat. But yeah, no, do the architectural boat tour and uh, definitely hit Lou Malnati's. I think there's like 15 of them in Chicago. Um, they're everywhere. It's a chain. Just make sure you check that out. It, it'll be... Uh, unforgettable for sure um okay i got another question for you um this one is a little bit more serious not too serious but a little more serious um if you could have a trashy gas station drink with (laughs) any celebrity living or dead it doesn't have to be writing like literally any celebrity uh who would it be and why uh ben barnes because he's the most attractive man in the galaxy and i want to see that like face to face and he's such a good singer and a talented actor. Why do I not know who that is? You gotta, you gotta help me out here. I had to um, Google him. Uh, I, I support <laughs> you, your choice. Did you watch Disney's Narnia movies? Uh oh, I'm looking at him right now. Ben Barnes. He was okay. in Punisher. Oh. Okay, so oh, like, he is Jigsaw. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So I missed. I missed. Um, <laughs> I missed. I missed Punisher. I don't know how because I'm a. I'm a so good. Fan yeah. of the character. Oh, that was um, very good. Yeah, no, I've never seen this guy before. All right, so that's cool. So you then the reason why is is what just because he's like you think he's super hot. <laughs> what was you know that what? Last? You don't. The need reason why reason I asked you why I said the reason why is basically because you think he's super hot. The most attractive man in the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> in the galaxy. All right, that's good enough reason. I would argue against that fact, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> to each their own. Um, you got another question? Yeah, so um, if you don't want to talk about this, you can just, uh, I'll edit it out. But you mentioned earlier that you're a teacher, so you're used to getting dumb questions. Sure, yeah. Um, so first, what like age group do you teach, if I can ask that? Uh, college and university. College, okay, perfect. What is the dumbest question you've ever had a student ask you that you actually enjoyed answering? And if this gets into like academic bullshit, that's no. even better. It's, okay. it's actually very topical as well. Okay. Um, so I was teaching at the time at Ohio Northern University and, um, I'm from Kansas and, uh, the chiefs are in the playoffs right now, uh, football, American football. Okay. And, um, one of the students asked, uh, cause I was wearing my Mahomes shirt that day while I was teaching. He said, if the chiefs win the Super Bowl, will you cancel class on Monday? And me, of course, not believing in my team for whatever godforsaken reason, I say, yeah, sure, I'll cancel class on Monday. <laughs> well, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, me and my family were super happy, and we were drinking and calling each other all night because we're all over the U.S. And um, and then I, I had to, of course, on Monday, I didn't get to take time off. I had to create a new syllabus, like, half a week behind because I gave them a Monday off. <laughs> <laughs> and I posted it up on their... Uh, 
their uh, their class website and it was called the Super Bowl syllabus and uh, and they thought <laughs> so it was pretty you, great. What did you say? Like what obviously like when you when you canceled the class, like what was the excuse you gave the college? Well, so uh, <laughs> so here's a fun fact. When you teach at the college level, when you cancel class, nobody knows or cares or asks why. Yeah, it's just kind of I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I did tell the story when I came back in, and they were like, "Oh, yeah, we noticed the lights were off in the office." <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I have a dumb. That was a, that's a pretty well, I mean, pretty dumb question, but I've got a a dumber question that uh, I experienced that every time I think about it, it just burns me up. Like I don't understand <laughs> how somebody could have ever asked me this question. So I'm gonna break into a little story time, and I'm gonna tell this story if that's all right. Go for it. So my father-in-law is, was he's home now, but he he is very sick and he has uh two different types of cancer and he was uh at a hospital with uh for for three months he was basically admitted to a hospital and because of our covid restrictions um only one person was allowed to see him for those three Mm -hmm, months mm -hmm. um so we had arranged because my my kids hadn't seen him and and i hadn't seen him my wife saw him but um we hadn't seen him that she was going to try to bring him down um in a wheelchair so that we mm-hmm. could see it, um, which was really cool because I really wanted to see him, and so did the kids. So I, had, she had gone upstairs to see him. I took the kids to uh, a burger place to have lunch because we had about forty-five minutes until this was happening. As I was driving by, um, I see cops in the middle of the street, and they're ushering people around, um, and the roads are blocked off on both sides near the hospital. So my first inclination is to think, yes, yeah, so there must have been an accident or something like that. No big deal. Um, mm-hmm. So. I get to the place where I'm going to turn and the cop comes to my uh, window and she tells me to roll it down. And uh, she goes, sir, you're going to have to circle around the entire block. Uh, the roads are closed. I said, okay, that's no problem. But how do I get into the hospital? So she goes to me, why would you want to go to the hospital? And right now I'm thinking, because they have a really good cafe and I really need a yeah. Starbucks. <laughs> like, why the fuck would I, would anyone want to go to a hospital? The Mars bars like, well, are the best in there. Yeah. And so, that, so then she goes, well, sir, the hospital's uh, going to be, a, the entire hospital's being evacuated. So you just need to go and like move and do your thing. So right now I'm thinking, okay, my wife is up on like the top floor of this hospital. They're evacuating the hospital. It turns out there was like a bomb threat in the hospital. Oh, crap. And why is this cop asking me why I would want to go to the hospital? Is it because like mm. she doesn't like my beard or something? Like You do look pretty suspicious. Yeah, you well, look maybe. super sus. And I'm like, <laughs> if, I, if I am going to do that, I'm going to bring my seven-year-old and nine-year-old with me. Why well. not? If you're blowing up a hospital, man. <laughs> well, if I was, if, I guess if I was the type of guy that was going to do something like that, I would do something that depraved. No anyway. one respects the kids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so that was that was my dumb question experience that just every time I think about it, it just makes me more angry. And then the fact that I'm dieting and I think about it makes me even more angry than that. <laughs> anyway, um, that was your question, your your last question that we that I went on that tirade on, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, so I got I got another question for you. So you've been given an elephant. You can give it away. You can't. You sorry. You cannot give it away or sell it. What would you do with it? Gosh, I would keep it and I would name her Jade. And uh, there's a really great uh, wildlife preserve here in Wichita. So I'd probably take her there and I wouldn't be giving her away because they do privately owned. 
and she could live there with the other elephants and have a great life and I'd come see her and she would love me and I'd bring her watermelons. Oh, sounds great. That's the best answer to that question <laughs> you've got, actually. Actually, the guest that was supposed to be on last week, um, who we couldn't have on because we had no, one of us I had no internet. internet. It's me. Uh, it was actually, it was named Jade as well. So that's kind of funny. But um, so let's say that the, if the elephant was a dude, would you would you name it Jade as well? Um, no, then I would uh, name it Bai Long, probably, if it was an Asian elephant. Um and Abayomi, if it was an African elephant. <laughs> I thought about this. <laughs> Do you want to know I my favorite the... elephant trivia? Apparently, elephants think humans are cute. Yes. Like, their brain reacts the same way as when we see, like, a dog. Yeah. <laughs> really? And that's my favorite thing of, about Like, elephants. their trunks, like, grabbing humans and, like, squishing them. Yeah. That's they a... get cute aggression. That's hilarious. I had no idea. I also didn't know until recently that um, they talk with their feet. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so when they worship the moon. Yeah, I, I did hear that. Yeah, I didn't hear that. They do. So when they when they stomp their feet around, they're actually communicating. Well, they've got mm-hmm. massive cerebral cortexes, mm-hmm. and they are actually they are actually supposed to be very intelligent. Yeah. So anyway, those are like the, that's those names are awesome. I love that. It's like <laughs> a much a much better answer to that stupid question than I thought I was going to get. <laughs> All right. So do you have another question, man? Uh, that was my, yeah, I got one more. All right. Um, describe for us your favorite meme format. Mm, my favorite meme. I do love memes. I had a um, I love putting the mother. I crave violence on anything. I love that one. That's so like one. that phrase, um, then I, I like all the iterations of like the screaming ladies and the white cat. Like when people take them and put them into other things, like I have a bunch of supernatural ones. I have a bunch of Witcher ones. Um, that's the cat at the table with. Y- yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I like that one. one. Never seen that one before. What? I've, oh, I don't Michael. think I've ever. I don't think I've ever cool. seen that one before. Oh, well, I have some. I'll you. send them to you. <laughs> you gotta send it to me because I have to. Um, so I don't have another question, but I do remember another question of yours that I want you to ask, especially, well, I mean, you I, would know that actually, I, you know, I want you to ask it cause you were, you probably remember the question. I only know it in fragments, but Abigail doesn't actually teach toddlers, but I think she might. Oh yeah. Okay. To, I yeah. think she'll get a good answer out of this question. Eh, so why don't you ask that one? They're still right. kind of like toddlers. <laughs> yeah, nah, man. Yeah. They might be worse cause they should know better. Right. Especially the athletes. Woof. <laughs> Oh, I miss college. Okay. Um, if you were attacked by a never-ending swarm of toddlers, how many could you take before being overwhelmed? Well, I'm really fat and out of shape, so it wouldn't take that many. <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> Maybe I could drop kick a couple, suplex a few more, but then I'd just start going crazy. So maybe like seven max okay. oh you sound like there was we had we had a guest on that was opening a school like a, a toddler yeah attack. was it ryan ryan my ear i think it was ryan yeah he apparently hates children so he really <laughs> wants to open a daycare so he could just beat up oh kids. i thought you were gonna say he's opening up like a child's like mma no no it's, it's a daycare center yeah <laughs> no 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 <laughs> No, but 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 he needs he wants to like get them in line. So I, I'm thinking like you know 
co-sensei, like a, a Cobra Kai type thing, um, and, and like an anti-toddler daycare. Yeah, toddlers are that, that's a, that's a rough age. I remember um, my son, especially when he was that age, he would just run, and he had no idea where the fuck he was going. He would just run everywhere, and it would always be downstairs and upstairs and downstairs and upstairs. Then he would stop and sit down on a bed for twelve seconds. I would lie down and catch my breath and then two seconds later he'd be running again well yeah the world's you know just starting to make sense but you can't put the pieces together you don't know what it means you just know you're taking in all this information and all these senses and and you have so much energy you can't make your brain sit still and comprehend it you know yeah i think about it all the time now that my kids like if if i want to sleep in um i can you know say mommy and daddy want to sleep here take an ipad and leave me alone um, when you have like a two-year-old, you can't do that. If they're up at yeah. four thirty in the morning, ready to party, then you are fucked. And that <laughs> and that is that is just the way it is. Um, so yeah, I don't know how many um, I would be able to take. For me, having really experienced it, I, I was I was overwhelmed with with one and a half mm. and a dog. I, I have six younger siblings, so I might be okay for a while. Oh wow, six! It's a big family. Oldest yeah, my mom's the same. Does it? Well, I have three older brothers. I'm the oldest oh, girl. Oh no, okay. Oh, there you go. So that's why I'm so tough because I had to beat them up too. Yeah. so i don't think i have any more questions um so abigail you've done well thank you great answers great answers um some of the best that we've had on this show i think actually yeah you gave your students a day off because your team won the super bowl that's pretty great that's something you're (laughs) proud of and the and and pretty i'd love to document those elephant names as well oh absolutely so abigail tell our uh listeners where they can find you online if they want to get to know a little bit more about you and your writing. So the best place is my website, which is www.abigaillinhart.com. And that's A-B-I-G-A-I-L-L-I-N-H-A-R-D-T.com. Everything is linked on there. I have a blog on there that I sometimes update. Um, Once I get the YouTube channel up and going, those will be up there. It's linked to my Twitch where I stream video games. It's got my... Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok recently. Um, how's, how's the TikTok working out for you? I just post my book trailers on there. It's it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have so much discipline. I have a, a good friend of mine who I've been working with uh, basically since before her first book uh, came out. She now has um, seven books out, uh, does the TikTok thing like real hardcore. Like she'll do three to four videos a day every day. And wow. her videos are her videos are now averaging like between 150 and 200,000 uh, likes per video. Um, and I would imagine because she's book talking or whatever they call it, like it's all book related stuff. Mm-hmm. She must be selling mad books because of that. I mean, must be. And, you know, they say you have to be on there if you want to put out a YA. And I am unfortunately trying to put out a YA in yeah. July because uh, apparently those ones sell and adult fantasy, not so much. I mean, like it does, but, you know, not like compared to YA. And then, of course, yeah. YA not compared to romance. But uh, so, you know, trying to reach readers where they're at. So I did one TikTok video. My daughter said I had I had three paperbacks out of the first three books in my very first series that I co-wrote with JMD Reed. And uh, my daughter was just getting into like directing little cute TikTok videos with the dog and stuff like that. She said, do this thing where you hold one book and hit it on the table and then I'll edit it. Mm. It turns into your next book. Right. And then, and then 
hit that book and I'll edit it to turn it into your next book. And then when you do the third book, I'll edit it to turn it into you holding the dog, the French bulldog. Um, and we did it. And it was a cute video. Um, it, it looked kind of cool. Um, it worked. It was exhausting. Like <laughs> I was done after this fucking video for the rest of the day. I got 94 likes on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 94. Exactly. And that was it because, you know, I wasn't going to, and then, my daughter's like, yeah, well, you have now you have to do two more and then you have to do a few tomorrow and you have to do a few the next day and you have to do. I said, I'm, no, I'm done. I'm not doing this again. So I have a lot of respect for people that have the discipline to actually do it. Yeah, I I can't do the the high energy output for low return because it just it makes me depressed, you know, and plus. I mean, this sounds ridiculous coming from a Twitch streamer, but like, I don't like doing the videos. Like Twitch streaming is easy. I sit down and the focus is on the video game, right? Not on me. Right. So it's easier. And plus it's low energy for me. It's a lot simpler, unless the guys start arguing, then I have to mediate. Um, then I turn into the teacher again. I'm like their mother. Um, but like, it's just so much easier and a low energy output for, I mean, it's a low return as well, but I don't know. It's just easier. I don't understand TikTok, but maybe it's because that is the device and the platform. You know, one comes around each generation to make you feel old. And I think that's the yeah. one that's making millennials feel old. It def I, I saw one today. There was a guy talking about um, he was in a Chick-fil-A or something and the restaurant's phone was off the hook. So it made that dial tone sound. Mm -hmm. And none of the kids behind the counter knew what the sound was. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. I am old. <laughs> right. Well, if you're old, if you guys are old, I'm, I'm really fucking old. I, I you are, though. You're I, a grandmother. I grew up I grew up with <laughs> Uh, okay, at least I'm not that old. I got the reference. Yeah. Thank you. I uh, I grew up with uh, phones where you actually had to put your finger in the little hole and and turn it to the right and dial and bring back. Yeah, and I grew up with like you guys. Did you guys have any any moments of your life where there was no internet? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I for mean, sure. Okay. So well, I didn't well, have high speed internet until I think 2011. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I I, I spent a lot of my life with no internet. Um and. Uh, Definitely. And car phones. Do you remember we were around when they when people would have like an actual phone? A big fat gray like thing a, with the I knew cord. they were a thing, but we never had one. But before it was even that, it was like a house phone, like an old school house house phone that would sit on the top of your armrest, and okay. it would literally be called a car phone. Oh. I just remember we had one in in a really old car that like was near the front like almost where the ashtrays would be. And it had this cord that would just get stuck on everything. Yeah. I don't know what kind of car it was. I was like five. Anyway. Um, yeah. So um, Abigail, it was great to have you here. Was I a huge pain in the ass about formatting my book? I did almost cry several times. I <laughs> <knew> it. <laughs> no, but, but seriously, no, you did a great job. I'm just, I, I'm so meticulous. Like every time I, Abigail was formatting my books, my my last series, and every time I would go back and say, this is the final one, I'm done. Thank you so much. It looks great. I would read it and there would be like a sentence that ended with no period. Yeah. <laughs> or there would be, or there would be like the word it and it would have like a lowercase I and a capital. Like those are the type of mistakes I'm talking about. Like little tiny things that <laughs> that would have been missed. All the major stuff was was 
fixed. And I'd be like, you know what, I'm going to go through this. And I literally, when I found the first one that I found on the very second page of the story made me want to go and reread the entire book again and fix everything. Yeah, it never gets any better. Like I, yeah. I pay for, you know, a developmental editor, an editor and a proofreader. And then by the time I'm proofing the audio book from my narrator, you know, and I'm reading along with what he's reading, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how is this yeah. <laughs> typo still in here? Where are they coming from? Like, <laughs> Actually, I read um, the the second one that you did. Here comes Steve. Um, I read that from start to finish, and I Good. did not. <laughs> I didn't find a single mistake, not one. And I read it because it's a short book. I, I it takes me like I don't know two hours to read the whole thing, and um, I didn't find a single mistake. So. You're gonna find a bunch of them when you're reviewing the audiobook, though. Yeah, and I, I'm probably well, when I do that, I'm probably gonna find a bunch of them when I when I finally put the book live on Amazon. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah. That's a good time for it to and, happen. And, and I say, hey, this is really cool because I love this book. And now people can actually read it. So I'm going to read it too. And then they'll all those mistakes will come back. Oh, yeah. That's the best way to catch mistakes, by the way, is click go live on Amazon. Yeah. You see it right away. It's amazing. Anyway, um, so thank you uh, for formatting my books, putting up with my uh, prima donna nature, and uh, also for being an awesome guest on the show. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks uh, so much, guys. So uh, everybody uh, check out Abigail's books uh, on Amazon. She's got uh, a whole bunch of them. Uh, how many are actually in print right now? Um, I have three novels and one novelette. Um, which is actually probably one of my favorite things I've written. It's a zombie survival one. They're all on audiobook as well, and therefore on Hoopla for free from your library. Oh. Awesome. Um, so check out those books, especially uh, the Season of the Ruiner books, which we've talked yes. about a lot tonight because they sound absolutely awesome. And have a great night. Thanks so much. Thank you. Cheers. That was Abigail Lindhart. Yeah, that was great. That was a lot of fun. Um, definitely the best if you had an elephant answer that I think we'd ever get from anyone. Yeah. I actually think gotta, I, gotta, I have to bring that question in and, and I think I'll have to compare every answer that I get for that question to sure. Abigail's answer. Yeah, I need a I need to come up with a new uh, new series of questions for the new year. I think I'm gonna keep the guilty pleasure. I like usually get some good answers about that, but yeah, I need to figure out round out my uh questions more well, can you I hear like my dog my, tapping uh, pardon me can you hear my dog tapping on the floor right there no i can't hear okay anything. good i don't know if my mic was good enough to block that out he's being an asshole right now <laughs> i um i think i'll i i i was thinking of of um doing away with the coronavirus uh cat toy question but it did bring up a whole uh interesting set of ferret observations yeah that's good you know what we want we always want uh the more ferret, the more weasel content in general, the better. <laughs> is a ferret a weasel? I think they're related. All, Something. All, the, the most I know about ferrets is because I grew up reading Redwall. I don't, I don't know, know if you ever read. read. You never read the Redwall books by Brian Jakes? No. What is that? So it's a fantasy series. Uh, it's about this abbey, Redwall Abbey, and everyone that lives inside are like mice and badgers and otters, and there's. The bad guys are always like rats and ferrets and weasels and stoats, and it's like epic fantasy. You know, big battles, but it's all, all the like characters are. It sounds like it's like it sounds a little bit like it's like right up my alley. You'd probably love it. Yeah, I never even thought about that. But yeah, it's like just a medieval setting, but all the characters are like animals. They're really yeah. fun kids books. I love them as a kid. 
yeah, no, I have to check that out. I think the reason I wanted a ferret was because, you know, those machines with the stuffed animals and there's like this claw that comes down. Yeah. 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 yeah so, um, at my college, um, in like the, they, they had a little shopping mall and they had one of those machines and they had the most bizarre stuffed animals in this machine. Like usually they're like teddy bears and yeah, you know sure. dogs and whatever. This one had like a stuffed weasel hmm. or it might've been like a stuffed ferret. I don't know what it was, but it was sitting right on top and it was, you know, they always say, get the thing that's on top. Right. Sure. It was right there. And I got it and I brought it to my wife and like, she like hugged it and she like thought it was the cutest thing in the world. And, and then I said to her, we should just get like a real one of these. And then it never happened. But I so think you got that's, a cat that scratched you instead. We got a cat that, that that scratched and bit me to shit, and then we had to put him down. Yeah. It was the worst animal experience of all time. The, the bizarre thing about about cat about this whole thing with cats in general was that my wife grew up with a cat, and um, well, from the age of like probably I don't know fifteen or so until she moved out and during that time she had really bad hives like like a bad allergic reaction that would sort of come and go um then she moved to university and it went away and then when we decided to move into our own place and get a cat came back it came back and it came back the entire time we had cats and when we didn't have cats anymore it went away and that entire time neither of us ever once said you know maybe i'm allergic she's allergic to cats yeah. Not even once. We we were like, it, oh, it's it's shellfish, it's citrus yeah. fruit, it's something is wrong with the the laundry detergent we're using. No, it was the fucking cats the whole time, and we never even realized it until cats weren't a thing. And she doesn't have it; like, she's not allergic to the dog. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is is really crazy. But yeah, no. Um, I thought I was a cat person until I uh, until I got a dog, and I realized that I was never much of a cat person. See, I love cats, but I also love dogs. I just like animals in general. Yeah, yeah, oh. me too. Yeah. Um. So next, so we're gonna have to figure out. I think we have a guest next week. Um, okay. I can see who it is. We have to figure out when we're gonna get Jade back. Gotta on. get Jade back on. Yeah, I gotta make up for uh for our technical difficulties. If we had to record two episodes in a week, let me know. We can make it happen. Oh, so you know what? So is next week is the week of the? Oh no, sorry, that isn't right. Wrong spreadsheet. Okay, so yeah, no, we have, um, we actually have Laura Drake um, on the, oh no, this is February. Um, we have a couple, uh, oh no, we have, so we have, um, I think we have Alexander Davis on, on Monday the 31st. So we'll okay. figure out a place, maybe we'll do an extra show one week and we'll. Yeah, we can make it happen. We'll see if we can squeeze um, Jade in because she was looking forward to it and she would have been a fun guest. Yeah, yeah, we got to bring her on. Awesome. I always feel bad when we have technical problems that prevent us from getting a guest on. So, well, feeling a lot better about it, knowing that it didn't happen again. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's it. So uh, I'm gonna um, listen to the Encanto soundtrack and cry. Yeah, me too. You're so uh, to sleep tonight. So I guess while we're doing that, uh, everyone else go read a book. Mm-hmm.